Hello, hello, hello. I'm Jan Goldstein, and this is All That Matters. What is hope? What brings you hope or makes you hopeful? What takes it away? What eliminates it or makes it harder to come by? And how do you feel when you have it? Something to think about. We'll talk about them in just a minute. So glad you're here. Welcome. Thank you for going on our Apple podcast and our Spotify podcast and Amazon and Podchaser everywhere. Thank you for checking in with us. Thanks for spreading the word. Every week we have a new 12 to 15 minute affirmation, positivity story because my mom bless her memory, always told me to share your story. And in sharing our stories, we connect more, don't we? And in connecting more, life, we discover, can be this good. In 2018, an organization called Mothers in Crisis created a survey of hope And they sent it out to random people in person and online. And what they asked was, what lessens your hope? Many people stated that it was negativity or negative people. When asked about their experiences of hope, the answers were varied from excitement and elation to peace and calm. Because Let's face it, people experience hope in different ways. One of the things they noticed is how symbols of hope are very important in having and keeping hope. So I'd ask you to think for a second, what symbols of hope come to mind? For me, I have to say it's a this spot in Vermont that I've referred to in the past, it's a what I like to call a congregation of birch trees. It's this big gathering of birch trees on the property of Trap Family Lodge in Stowe, Vermont. It's a place I walked to years ago when I was a little boy with Maria Von Trapp. It's a place where she sang to me. It's a place where years later, my wife Bonnie and I went and had our wedding amidst the trees there and with our family dear friends author susan gabriel who grew up in the american south playing in the shade of mimosa trees and catching lightning bugs as the heat waned on long summer evenings is a professional flautist then she became a marriage and family therapist and founded the women's center in charleston south carolina And then she began writing novels. Check her out. She put together a list of things that give her hope, and I've added a few of my own. See if any of these reverberate or speak to you or get you thinking. She talks about forests or being surrounded by trees. I've just shared with you the gathering of birch trees that, for me, still gives me hope whenever I visit. Acts of kindness give her hope. 
How about you? You see somebody performing an act of kindness. Slower rhythms. Deep breaths. Wilderness itself. Dreams can give you hope. Perhaps sacred places around the globe. Places you visited. And maybe just took your breath away a little. Which also happens to me during the creative process. That produces hope. An act of creativity, either my own or when I see others taking part in creativity and art in forging a new organization. Courage from unlikely people. Sunflowers. Certain aromas can symbolize hope for some, like peppermint or lavender. What would it be for you? And certain sounds, ocean waves, wind chimes, waterfalls. Do you relate? Do you have another one? New moons give some people hope. As does meditation. Hummingbirds. Yeah. They're impossible flapping of wings and I... I just find them dipping around and darting around. Such a symbol of hope as they press around the garden of flowers. Butterflies do that for me as well. Fireflies against a dark night. Those little glimmers, slivers of light have illumination in the dark. Nature's gift, definitely symbols of hope. The migration of birds, honorable people, dolphins, honesty with myself and others, a sense of purpose can give you hope. Mountain vistas. How many times have I looked out from the top of either Mount Sinai in Israel or in Scotland in the Highlands, in Canada, British Columbia, in Melbourne, Australia, in California. For many of you, it will be other locations in the world, and it just takes your breath away. But it also fills you with a lightness, a heightening, an elevation of spirit, which I call hope. Others find it in rainbows or stars or in a lighthouse waiting there to signal you a sense of safety. Some find it in just lighting a simple candle or in sunrise. Or sunset, in newborns, or in hearing or reading a great story, in bold, clear voices, in gospel choirs, in poetry. 
Speaking of which, poet Emily Dickinson wrote about this subject. Hope is the thing with feathers that perches in the soul and sings the tune without the words and never stops at all. What in our lives never stops at all? never fails to heighten or elevate our spirit or to instill us with this feeling, this experience of hope. Certainly not the negativity of others because in the negativity we are brought down as the survey shows and to which I can relate and I'm sure many of you. But just the opposite Ways or actions that lead to hope, that give birth to what Dickinson calls the thing with feathers that perches in the soul. When we or others demonstrate love and care for ourselves or for others, we all need to feel that we are loved and cared for every now and then, right? When we give that, when we do that or others do that for us, that's an act of hope. Helping others feel they deserve happiness. The moments when we know or are reminded that we do too, that produces hope. Acceptance. The offer of help. Appreciation. Finding our own or helping others to find their passion. Oh, how electric it is when I see a light go on. I taught for many years and a student who finally or comes to some moment of decision of something they want to do or something they want to write or something they want to take part in. That happens to adults too. It is those slices of life in which these moments of hope flicker And then take root. And they elevate us, don't they? They heighten us. In 2019, an organization called New Dream stated in their mission statement, we envision a world in which the values that enhance well-being, relationships, service to others, spending time in nature, community building, and personal growth are the primary drivers of a societal behavior resulting in reduced consumption and a healthier planet. A group of people had that idea and formed an organization. And there are many organizations that you may know about or have taken part in that elevate you. This organization called New Dream has done this for many. Of this organization, Bill Bradley, former U.S. Senator, said, New Dream shows the connection between protecting our environment and achieving social justice, both essential for the shrinking world of the 21st century. Actress Meryl Streep says, this is an environmental group with vision, common sense, best of all, a sense of humor. And author Barbara Kingsolver wrote, I believe with all my heart there's still time and hope for us to reorder our lives around the ideals of kindness, community, and a sustainable life on our wondrous planet, New Dream offers a doorway through which any of us may enter today and live that better life. 
This organization, New Dream, also did a survey of sorts asking what is it in the world that produces hope for you? And of all the answers they compiled compiled for what most produces hope, their answer, the number one answer was connection. When we connect, we produce hope. Connection bridges divides. They wrote, the solution to the many seated challenges that lie ahead in the next decade is connection. It's clear we will not make progress until we fully resist the urge to other people who think and live differently from us, and then we envision a livable and thriving future for all humanity, not just some. Our democracy depends on it. Our planet depends on it. Our resilience depends on it. Which leads me, interestingly, to the Muslim in the sukkah. My wife and I have just returned from travels overseas. But before we went there, we went and enjoyed vestiges of the fall with a friend in the Berkshires. And then traveling down to New York, we visited Bard College, where one of her relatives, our friend's relatives, was going to school. And it was during the part of the year in which Jews celebrate Sukkah, Sukkot, which is the festival of weeks which follows the high holidays, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. It is the original, the OG Thanksgiving holiday. We read about it, how they gather fruits, the first fruits and vegetables, and celebrate it in the desert with these things. And then when they landed in Israel, celebrated the first harvest. It is a harvest festival, but it's also here to remind us of our many blessings, of the many things that are hopeful in our lives. Certainly the world is a crazy place in which we other anybody, oftentimes who looks different, acts different, prays different. And yet on this one day, we had missed going to the sukkah during Sukkot, going into a this hut that's built of corn stalks and branches overhead to remind us of a temporary dwelling and to remind us how fortunate all of us are who have permanent dwellings to live in. And just to look around, to take the lulav, which is the palm branch, and several other branches, myrtle and so forth, that represent growth, and to take this cousin of the lemon, the citron, the etrog, combine them together and wave them in all directions of the world as you say a prayer. Why do we do that? It is a prayer that has been said for thousands of years that no one should go hungry, that growth and food and sustenance, as New Dream talks about, could be spread throughout the world in all directions. And as my wife went into a sukkah, she spotted on the campus of Bard College, picked up the lulavanet rug. She noticed someone there on a rug praying. She motioned me over to her. And there, on the ground, in the sukkah, built, assumingly, by the Jewish students of Bard College, was a Muslim praying to Allah 
saying his prayers inside this sukkah. The prayer we say about a sukkah is Sukkot Shalomecha, that this might be a canopy of peace to spread over all of us and all of humanity. A, a canopy of peace, that's what a sukkah is. Sukkot Shalomecha, a prayer of peace, a, a canopy of peace to weave over all others. And there we were, Jew and Muslim, in the sukkah. And as we shook the lulav in all directions, that all might have enough to eat, that the harvest might be bountiful for all, I watched Bonnie shaking the lulav. I watched the Muslim praying on his knees beneath this symbol of harvest and shalom, of peace. And speaking of hope, speaking of connection, well, that was connection bridging divide in the flesh and seeing it experiencing it was hope enough and harvest enough for me when we experience symbols of hope we ourselves glimpse how good life can be when we take part in it with others Jew and Muslim Christian and Hindu, atheist, secular, religious, whatever it might be, whoever it might be, when we do so in peace, we create not only more peace, more hope. I hope that will be harvest for you enough in the coming week, months, and years. Until next week, I'm Jan Goldstein, and this, this is all that matters.